Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this is... uh, I don't know, a lot is going on in my own gardens. I'm starting to see lots of production on the squash and tomatoes and peppers. In fact, we had a party on on, uh, last week, and I picked our peppers off the plants, and I stuffed them, I grilled them, and I served them up at this party, and it was a hit. People were coming back for more. And, you know, peppers are grilled peppers, stuffed peppers. These were hot peppers, not, not sweet uh, that's a little bit unusual. So not everyone likes that, but boy, when they tasted them, they were, there's nothing like fresh right out of the gardens. I'm noticing the flowers are looking really good. They are blooming like crazy. So it's warm during the day, warm during the night. And so your plants are growing 24 seven. So in the spring, what happens is they'll grow during the day and then they shut down at night because it gets so cool. Now they're just growing. You folks that are from the desert areas, you know what I'm talking about. It's just when it's warm, day and night, plants actively are growing all the time. And so your maintenance is higher. You're, you have to be on things. Uh, you know, normally in the mountains, though, it grows during the day, shuts down during the night. So here we are into this. They grow really fast and they root really fast. And so my potatoes are going crazy. I'm also noticing... Uh, what I, I think I'll probably have a report for you next week, but I think I saw my first white fly. Now, they always get onto my uh, a couple tomatoes, maybe almost always onto my squash. Uh, so I'll, I'll watch that one. I'm, I'm expecting them. I see them every year, and then I spray them with triple action. There's a an organic spray that I kind of use to keep mildew and white flies down. I'll use it every. I don't know, seven or 10 days or so, just as a preventative, keep them going. So I've already hit them once lately. I'm going, did I, did I just see what I think I saw? Uh, but that'll be something serious. Whitefly are so difficult to control that you want to be on top of this. So everything is growing faster now. Your plants are growing faster. They're fr- fruiting and blooming faster. And your bugs are growing faster. Uh, so just you want to keep on it. You don't want to just wait and go, oh, that's a grasshopper. That's not a big deal. No, it's going to be a big deal and it'll get worse. So you kind of want to be very reactive to this. In fact, I would say you ought to go all marine on them. Just go shock and awe, hit them with everything you got. Don't let them get a track, a, a foothold into your gardens. This is also another reason that This is such a good time to be planting in the landscape. So if you've got a new house, so you bought that track home or a custom home on this beautiful vista, wherever, um, if you're worried that you're going to run out of time, that the winter's coming, oh no, I missed the spring season, it's all over now, Not, not by any means. In fact, some of your best gardening is done now. Uh, We're seeing at the garden center, this is when we start harvesting uh, many of the evergreen, taller trees, big uh, screening plants, so big junipers and big arborvitaes and big, bigger, because they've been a, we, we planted those last fall. We harvested some and brought them in the spring, and they look good, uh, but now they've flushed their new growth 
at the farm, which means they grow faster than they do in your own backyard. So these things are really full. We just had 10-foot spruce coming. They're magnificent. I mean, they're glorious. They're instantaneous Colorado spruce tree. Uh, we had uh, boxed uh, maples and willows and sycamores come in. Uh, they're instant. I mean, the trunks on these things are three, four inches across. I mean, you put them in the ground, they look instantaneous like landscape. And so this is what you get in the fall of the year. Uh, this time of year when you've seen the the transition. Right now, garden centers are transitioning from the spring and summer stuff to their fall and winter things. So they're starting to harvest and ship those things to the garden centers. And Waters, we, we own Waters Garden Center in Prescott. It's no different. It's the same. And so what the problem with this is, I can tell you, garden centers have limited space. They're usually on major frontage. The real estate they have is very expensive. So we've got over 500 feet of Iron Springs Road frontage road here, here in Prescott. This is a major road. I mean, all of this side of, of town goes by our garden center. I think there's like 27,000 cars that go by every day. And so you want to use your property efficiently. And so a 10-foot spruce, I mean, this thing's 10, in the bucket is probably 12, 14 feet tall by 8 feet wide. This thing's a monster. It's taken up too much space almost. Uh, so so uh, you've got to clear some things out to make room for a big boxed maple, a large sycamore, a big a juniper or cypress or cedar. You've got to make room for those things because the fall crops are larger plants physically than spring crops. And so we're clearing out. So we have what we call a monster monsoon sale. Come on down. Get all the get all the last season stuff. We need out of here. We got more stuff coming. You'll see that your garden centers, I don't care if you're tuned in from Payson or Pine Top or Kingman or anywhere. It, there's this summer to fall transition. And some folks, we start in August. Some folks start in September. Um, just sometime in here, you'll see this transition. There are some bargains to be had. I mean, we're marking down things that that if it's if it's ugly at all, if it doesn't if it didn't sell at all, I mean, it is marked down like half price. Just get it out of here. We need the room. There's another semi load of plants coming tomorrow. Hurry! So you get into this. There's some real value to be had from buying last spring's forsythia or the crepe myrtle or uh, a, a hedgerow of of red tip photinia, whatever it is, you'll find a lot of bark roses. Uh, we we force forecasted how many roses we we would sell. We sold them all. Uh, we overbought on some tree roses, so that there's two sizes and they're all half price. I mean, just kind of we sold a lot of them, but we didn't sell them all. And I don't want to winter those things over. And so you're transitioning. I'd rather take that and go buy some more ten foot spruce trees, some more large maples. So there's the things when the when the Bradford pears, the Raywood ash starts to turn color in the fall. They're like, I mean, people just go, "What is that? I got to have one." And so I want more of those things and less of the tree roses, that kind of stuff. So know how your garden centers are transitioning or are are coming in and out or ebbing and flowing out of their seasons, and you can pick up a bargain here. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just they, they bought too many or, or it was the last out of a crop of 100 uh, pine trees. 
there's always 10% of them that are just whoa, over the top. Gloria's going, whoa, I can't believe, look how good that is. There's about 20% of them that are just dogs. They are ugly. There's no other way around it. You don't want those. Uh, so our, Lisa and I fly to the farms and we hand pick the trees. We're trying to get that top tier and you get that by hand picking them. And then there's that middle, which is the, the, the whole middle section, which is just, they all look good. Yeah, that's a nice looking pine tree, but it's not inspirational. It's not like, whoa, I've never, I, where'd they, how'd they do that? Uh, that's the kind of tree you really want in the yard. Grab that one. So that's the beauty of fall planting. You get the top, top of the crop. They're a little bit larger, same amount of money, bigger sizes, and they're typically fuller plants or they've got more structure to them. So the scaffolding on your apples, on your uh, shade trees, on your ornamental uh, crab apples, whatever, you've got more structure. You can see uh, the actual, it's going to be something. You can see the bones of it really going, oh, this is filling in nicely. Look at this. And then they'll be ready to go for spring. The beauty now is the soil is so warm that they root. I mean, just, they'll put on a foot, two foot of roots just by planting them now before, before the end of the year. And then they'll do that again next spring. So you have a much more robust uh, landscape plant going, coming next spring, I guess. So you'll get better spring growth by planting in the fall. There you go. Uh, bottom line, we have a lot in store for you. I've got Lisa Waters Lane coming in the studio with your garden questions. Some I've got a precursor. There's some really good ones. Uh, Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners will be right back with Lisa in the studio after this. You've been listening to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Purple Magic Crepe Myrtle. You'll be wowed by the sheer amount and intensity of the purple blossoms that shadow this impressive bush. Leaves emerge as bold red foliage in spring and then turn bright green just as the purple flowers erupt in summer. It blooms twice, first in summer, then again in autumn. And at $39, you can have more than one in the gardens. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love to garden, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Timeless Beauty Desert Willow Tree. Large, fragrant burgundy and lavender flowers appear in big, bold clusters all summer long. This unique water selection is prized for its extra-long bloom time without the need of seed pods. The flowers are highly attractive to hummingbirds, 100% Arizona native and just $59. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their native plants to really bloom, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and, and just shares uh, your garden questions. What are other people in the neighborhood talking about, asking about, uh, spotting? What are they seeing? So we try to share that because we're, this is almost like an, a broadcast announcement of you too should look for this. So welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Good I would like here. to say yeah. um, thank you for taking me with you mm-hmm. and serving the community as a Charlotte Hall 
board member. <laughs> so they had a beautiful uh, uh, wine tasting on the facilities of, mm-hmm. of, of Charlotte Hall. You're on the board. And so you kind of required to go, and you dragged me along, and I thought, oh, oh community event. You along. Actually, I like social events. <laughs> you fool it. <laughs> and then uh, it was just a fun, great, very classy. Lots of lots of yeah. musicians, great wines, great. Uh, all the big chefs mm-hmm. in town supported that, and so and it's pretty inexpensive to get in. I think it's, tickets are fifty bucks and sixty. But sixty who's okay. counting? Uh, goes know. to a good cause. You, you just bought my ticket and said, "Hey, you want to go on a date?" And I went, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> it was very fun. It was actually their seventh annual event wine tasting event and it's actually the first time we have gone but beautiful grounds um, i love their gardens there they have truly done a lot with their gardens yeah um the event was just well done it wasn't overcrowded and there was plenty of wine to taste and plenty of food to eat and people to see and talk to it was great after we got done we went down to farm provisions had dinner we did. I ate, ate some more. Ate too much. <laughs> uh, but our daughter was leaving. She's going back to grad school. We're trying to do a ce- celebratory, uh-huh. you know, Send last her off dinner. Last and year. Yeah. Farm provision just so good. Had chicken pot pie. Oh, mm. my mouth's watering just right now. Right. It's so good. It was good. Yeah, you had the chicken pot pie, and we all had the filet mignon. <laughs> <laughs> I want something even heavier. <laughs> but dang, it was good. Oh, my goodness. Lovely meal. So what kind of garden questions we got this week? Okay. Well, speaking of farms and provisions, yeah. Candace would like to know when she can start putting in her lettuce, kale, spinach. Um, and then her other part to that question is, is it easier to put in seed or do you wait for starts? And where's the timing and all that? Yeah. So your, your time is good. So yes. So we basically, this is this is an expert. So they're, they've really done their homework. And they know we've got multiple different planting seasons. So lettuce is planted twice a year. In March, first part of April, uh, all that leafy stuff, broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, lettuce, it's all planted then. And then you've harvested that by June. And that's when your summer thing's going. So we've got a pumpkin. It must be 10 pounds already. It's a giant pumpkin. It's going to reach 50, 80, 90 pounds. And it's already of pumpkin size that you'd buy at Halloween, that's going to keep getting larger. Well, these are things that love the heat. They don't like the cold. And then you come into the plant-wise, as soon as you can find the plants, put them in the ground uh, because you're into that fall season. You might have to watch your watering a little bit, but by September, and we're right here at the end of August, it cools down. And so those leafy material, leafy plants... They're not going to bolt. They're not going to flower on you. So they hold their flavor. A lot of these plants, they actually, the flavor becomes sweeter, better as we get a frost. So you plant those and you get them to really fill out through October. And then it starts to frost. And then the flavor really gets comes out. And then you're harvesting that stuff right through the end of the year. And you're having, for Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas dinners, you're having fresh Brussels sprouts and lettuce, spinach, that kind of stuff. Cedar plants. Either one. Uh, we do we do plants because I'm impatient and I don't like to wait. <laughs> so I want instantaneous. Yeah. And there's less mistakes with plants. Mm-hmm. So you get this damping off. If you, if you overwater a seed, if you underwater a seed, I mean, a seed, they want to die. I mean, they're looking to actually have any kind of error and they just collapse. And so if you overplant or secession plant, seed, that's a good way to go. Or 
just coming to the garden center. I'm sure we we do we have all those things starting to show up now. I'm sure they're starting oh, to to yeah. be in, so you can it plant them time. right now. So when you're planting by seed this time of year, you don't really need to start those seeds inside in little peat pots. Can you just sow them directly into the ground? Oh yeah, right, right in the garden soil. Clear out a space, put them down. I would I would amend a little bit. Uh, the, the soil to get it ready, so you don't want just to pull up some old, you know, beets or tomatoes or something else and put this right back in. You want to freshen up the soil some, and and an additive that really makes a difference this time of year. Uh, they got a product here at the store called Humic. It's humic acid. It really helps seedlings root deeper. If you've got a lawn that looks a little beat up, humic. If you've got new seedling, new carrots going in, humic. If you put in your fall crops, fall flowers, humic really makes a difference. It'll help them have larger, deeper uh, root mass, especially for seedlings. Okay. Next question is from June. She has a large rosemary shrub that's about five years old. It's always been beautiful, but she noticed the other day that it's starting to yellow out, kind of lose its color. It's dropping some of those leaves. Her question is, does, does rosemary have a lifespan? And if not, what else could be going on with it? So it does have a lifespan. So what it does, a lot of these uh, woody type of shrubs, so rosemary can get very barky in the middle. And so that old growth, as the bark uh, thickens, it sheds the needles. I'm guessing this is what's going on. We could get into obscure, you know, Mm -hmm. gophers and grubs, but, but just assuming that it's five years, it's starting to get woody, uh, and so it's shedding some needles. I'm guessing that's what it is. That's one, take a picture, mm-hmm. bring it into the garden center instead of just an email. We can see more and talk, talk it through. Uh, but I'm guessing you need to go in and cut out some of the old, uh, really barky, woody type of tendrils, canes, branches. branches. So cut some of those out. And so the flavor from your herbs is best off the new growth. What that will do is the all that energy from the roots. I got a fully rooted stru- uh, root structure. All that energy goes into the new growth now. So I would do that. Um, I don't know if I'd do it right now. It's kind of that borderline. I'd probably do it next March or April. Mm-hmm. Cut it back really hard. Fertilize it with the all-purpose food and encourage the new growth to take off. Right now, I would keep it intact just just in case we get a crazy harsh winter. That, that foliage mass will, will insulate it, protect it a little bit more. Uh, probably that wouldn't, it wouldn't matter, but just in case factor. I don't want to give you advice and then you go out and whack on this thing and then we go sub-zero <laughs> some winter and, and then it kills off the rest of it. So, What do you think, feeding it might help? Fertile, yeah, that? fertilizing will help it, but they're not going to put on new that new rosemary growth through bark. It's going to go on the ends, the the end of the branches. So there's no way to get that center that's starting to to shed those needles to Mm -hmm. fill back in. It's just there's the only way to do that is cut it out, encourage new growth, fertilize it. I'd say the same thing with roses and vines. A lot of things get too woody, and they need to be cleaned up so that new growth fills in. Okay. All right. Well, Ron wants to know. He has a blue spruce in his yard that's been there two years. His landscaper has put his watering system on a daily watering for about 20 minutes every day. Yeah, okay. So now the spruce is starting to do some funky coloring Yeah, I'll bet things. it is. Yeah. Uh, he wants to know, what would you kind of recommend for watering, and is there anything he can do to help a spruce at this point? 
Yeah, so that is a totally wrong way to, to, to water evergreens, but especially spruce. Colorado spruce, these grow wild in the hillsides around us. Up through the entire Rockies, there's spruce trees that grow natively. They're not used to water. Get them established. Let them go. So a, a daily regiment of water will kill an evergreen almost to the plant. And so your landscaper, well, this is how we do We always do it. Well, I won't go down my diatribe on what I think about so many landscapers. Be nice. Yeah, I know. Some of them are just, I just scratch my head and go, idiot. Uh, anyway, you should be watering about once a week. Take all that water and give it to it all at once, once a week, and then let it air out. So take that 20 minutes a day and give it 120 minutes all at once. Push that water real deep into the soil so those roots want to go after, chase the water. You have a much more established, robust tree. And hopefully you can catch it early enough where that funky gray, blue, yellow color disappears. You get some new growth. My guess is those funky colored leaves or needles are going to fall off. And hopefully we'll set the stage for next spring. It'll grow its way out of it. Uh, But not unless you change that watering. Have that landscaper correct that irrigation. And all trees, no tree likes to be watered every day. None of them. Water them once a week through the growing season. And then fertilize next fall with all-purpose plant food. About October, September, October, fertilize with all-purpose plant food. And pray over it. Play it some Mozart, Beethoven. Maybe it will survive. We'll be right back. Ken Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and grass stopper. It's just $24 and only found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hiking at Waters with our Monster Monsoon Sale, our only sale of the year. Truckloads of fresh autumn maple, aspen, and spruce have just arrived, and we need room, so summer plants must go. Perennials, trees, shrubs, even pottery must go, and it's worth your while with plant sales at 25, 45, even 65% off. It's Waters' only sale of the year at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love great plants at sale prices, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Now I was helping a neighbor with some rose questions. So neighbor, you know, I'm out putzing around the yard, just, just enjoying myself, just enjoying the fresh air, the birds. Uh, pecking away at some gardening stuff, minor garden tasks, and people come by and they just want to chit-chat. There's nothing to, there's nothing like a beautiful space that just draws people together, especially neighbors, friends, and family. So neighbors are coming over, and uh, she's asking, no, you know, I, I bought these roses uh, at a box store. It will not be mentioned over the airwaves. 
And then uh, it's, they only bloom once in the spring. What is that? Why? What did I do wrong? How do I get them to bloom more? I'm going, well, uh, there's a lot of varieties of roses that only bloom once. I think you got that variety. You need repeat blooming roses. There's different types. So there's uh, the tombstone rose, which is the Lady Banks rose. Uh, they call it tombstone rose really only in Arizona because tombstone has a ginormous one that's like 200 years old in the middle of town. It's magnificent. Uh, but basically, the rest of the country calls it a Lady Banks rose. Lady Banks is famous for evergreen, always has foliage, always looks good. I've parked my pickup truck underneath a mature Lady Banks rose before. It gets big. Uh, but it only blooms once in the spring. And so it's it's pretty. It's fragrant. Uh, only comes really in white, maybe a little gold color, or, or not gold, creamy kind of apple blossom color. Uh, it, it has no thorns, which is kind of nice. So if it's next to a place where you rub up against it, it's a great screening, shading plant without thorns. But you're not planting that for the flowers. You're planting it for a large plant that's evergreen that happens to put flowers once on in the spring for about three weeks. And then it's just green. If you wanted an ever-blooming variety, you go with Blaze or uh, Don Juan. There's all these uh, all these other repeat-blooming roses that climb equally as large, but it pulsates waves. When spring is going to bloom around April, first part of May, take a rest, come back in the bloom. It'll bloom like that three, four times in the year. They've always got a sprinkling of flowers, but they'll just pulsate in waves of flowers three or four times during the year. Shrubs, shrub rose, they're the same way. And so you've got some older-fashioned roses. Many of your hips roses, they bloom once. That's it. In the spring, you're done. If your rose that you have in your yard, it's just bloomed once, that's probably what's going on. It's, It's the wrong variety. And so if you want a rose that comes back and in waves of, of color, you need a repeat blooming rose. Then you break it down into hybrid tea, floribunda, or grandiflora. Hybrid teas are your long stem roses. Uh, that's, that's one you're going to buy at Valentine's and cut and bring it in the house and just enjoy it in a vase. But there's ever blooming, repeat blooming hybrid tea roses. So you want that variety. Floribundas have a long stem, but then it has a cluster of flowers at the end. So it's not just one rose. It's a whole, like a fireworks just went off. And so they're very pretty. Uh, in the landscape, they're almost better than a hybrid tea because they put on more flowers. More more the surface will be covered in roses uh, out for a landscape rose. But they're less desirable for cutting, bringing in the house. That That's the difference. And again, there's repeat blooming varieties and there's single blooming varieties. You want a repeat bloomer or ever blooming variety of Floribunda Rose. And then Grandiflora, those are the big boys. Uh, they've got long stem roses and clusters of roses all in the same bush. They're generally, it's kind of a, a rose on steroids. It's going to get up six, seven, eight feet tall. It's aggressive and it is covered in flowers. And so again, you get into repeat blooming and then single blooming. So the old-fashioned roses, many of them just, just bloomed once. That was done. And so that, I think that's, if, you, if you've got a rose that's, that you're just not quite happy with, look at that. And it may just be you got the wrong variety. Now, I can tell you, they're very easy to get out of the ground. So I've, I generally put a chain around it and tie it to a bumper and 
pull it right out. <laughs> it comes out just like that. Although I did once almost killed a kid. So I tied it not to a chain. I tied it to a rope, <laughs> put it to the back of my Escalade. And uh, the rope stretched. The uh, had some tension on it. And then the rose came out of the ground and it came flying across like a catapult across the landscape. And my daughter was sitting right there going, whoo, saw it going right by her head. I'm going, whoo, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad their mom isn't here because that could have been dangerous. Uh, but hey, she survived and the rose is gone and all is good. So <laughs> the things we fathers do sometimes, and it, I, I'm just amazed some of my kids lived <laughs> sometimes, but we always had fun. We always gardened together. We always went out activities, hiking together, just surfing together. We just have always, I've been out surfing hundred yards off the coast, San Diego. I've had sea lions and whales and, 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 uh, all kinds of stuff coming up, porpoise coming up to look and just say, hey, well, what you guys doing out here? And the one thing I always told the kids is said, whatever you do, never lose your head. Well, don't lose. Listen, I know it's the ocean. I know there might be sharks, but don't lose your head. And so <laughs> I dove down once and I picked up a lobster head. It had just no lobster, just, just the head floating there, going back and forth. The kids are watching me from about 10 feet up. Uh, floating on the surface, I swim down, come back up, and one of my daughters didn't lose her head. Her twin sister completely freaked out. So don't lose your head. What are you doing? <laughs> didn't want to see the lobster head. Anyway, we're we're have Lisa back with her uh, garden tips in just a moment. I don't even know how that came up. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice, right for higher elevations, guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. High waters with this week's Plant of the Week and our Black Satin Blackberries. A thornless, milky smooth blackberry that loves the Arizona sun and produces the most deliciously sweet, deep blackberries. Soft pink flowers cover the nimble canes and then yield hordes of the most delicious, juicy blackberries a gardener could hope for. Ready to plant in just $19 and only found at Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love to grow the sweetest berries love to shop. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Black Lace Elderberry. Tense purple foliage is finely cut for a dramatic effect. Creamy pink flowers contrast nicely with the purple leaves. The red berries are edible and make delicious elderberry wine, jams, or just left on the bush to attract birds. A dramatic accent are planted as a trouble-free head-high hedge and just $17. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their elderberries, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just shares her garden perspective, a different angle on gardening and just kind of get her flavor or what she's seen in the garden center or talking to customers. So I think it's valuable to get gardening is as an art form. It's, it's valuable to share the artist to share and just see what they think or what they, that's why it's so fun to go through other people's gardens just to see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, look where they planted that. That's amazing. I didn't know that. And so Lisa comes each week. Welcome back into the studio, Lisa. Thank you. I must say beautiful party. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in our backyard last Thursday, we had all the employees and their family and their friends over just to, wasn't required, wasn't paid for, just, <laughs> hey, if you want to come over and and we'll be grilling some peppers and, and, and burgers and, and yeah. just a fun time. We like hanging out together. And you're kind of the glue that keeps us all, the social glue that keeps us together as the family. social glue. <laughs> oh, you know, having a great staff or team, oh, it's not natural. Staff. It doesn't yeah. happen by accident. You work at it. It's by design that you have great companies where people flock and want to get in the door. We have waiting lines where people want to work here. We've, we've got... I had an employee that worked here like 20 years ago going, I just want to know. It was like the greatest job I ever had. I think they were loading manure. That's all they did. (laughs) I can't quite remember, but it was one of the greatest jobs because it's just a fun place. You're part of something bigger. It's family. And part of that's your Mm -hmm. backyard barbecues. And a margarita machine. And a margarita. That's the important thing. The margarita machine. How many people do you know have a margarita machine? (laughs) Anyway, I had this crazy idea back, I don't know, 15 years ago. I'm going to have slushies here at the garden center Uh for customers in summer. So they'll hang out, just feel comfortable. They'll, they'll, they'll wander the garden and they'll buy more. And Uh it's a commercial grade. I mean, like you'd find Slurpees at 7-Eleven. It's Mm -hmm. that. And uh, what happened was it failed miserably. Uh, bees found it. Yes. Bees like slushies more than people do. <laughs> and so you had to go to this swarm of bee stingers to even get yeah. something. So I went, okay, that failed. It didn't work. So we took it home. And right. now we only we use it, it rarely <laughs> for, you know, grandkids love it for slushies. Oh, sure. or, it's fun for parties yeah. and the grandkids. But yeah, best laid I plans known. kind of thing. Entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs have lost more money than most people make in a lifetime. <laughs> I think they're eternal optimists, <laughs> yeah, which true. is a good thing. Yeah. Good thing. Well, I because we had our party in our yard, and and we use our yard quite a bit. We do. Whether we're having grandkids over, it's you and I and the dogs in the backyard, or family, or parties. We use our yard quite a bit, especially our backyard. We even use our front yard quite a bit. Uh, a lot of newer people coming into the area are people who've been in their homes a while, but they're just tired of that dull, boring landscape. Uh, so they're coming in to freshen up or redo their landscapes. And so I started thinking about some things that people need to think about before they come into the store or um, so that they can make their time here more protective and just things to consider when you're putting in either a new landscape or redoing your landscape. So many landscapes here, they are boring. You get that gray slab off the back slider <laughs> and then you've got, you know, beige rock, you crushed mm-hmm. granite. With maybe a boulder, probably not, and a tree, and then you surround it with cinder block walls. You're going, ah, oh, my backyard. Yes. It feels so good. No, you need you need more than that. Mm-hmm. So, and you can have so much more than oh, that. Definitely, definitely. So, some of the things to think about. One is know your yard. Uh, if it, especially if it's a brand new home for you in a new area. Kind of take some time to learn about your yard. What zone are you in? Are you up in Groom Creek or Walker? Or are you down in Cordes Lakes? Because there's a big difference between those two. Um, know which way your house is kind of facing. Uh, are you facing north, south, east, west? The area you're, you want to redesign or put plants in. 
what, what, where is it facing? Because that makes a huge difference in the type of plants that you can put into your yard. And around here, another thing that makes a huge difference is the wind. Um, are you getting a lot of wind? I mean, there's some houses up on some of these ridges that I don't think the wind ever stops blowing. <laughs> Everyone complains about the wind, but you haven't really experienced yeah. wind. I mean, the valley folks, they mm-hmm. complain about wind, but ain't nothing compared to up on the ridge lines overlooking, right. you know, the Dells or, or Granite, yeah. Granite Mountain. It really gets windy. So that's really something important to know. And then also kind of your soil type. Do you have good draining soil? Do you have heavy clay? And sometimes you won't know that until you dig in it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, that's another um, thing that makes a difference into what types of plants and things that you put in. So know your yard. Take some time out there to kind of figure out what's going on out there. And also think about who's using your yard. So you're talking about having a party. Well, we specifically designed our yard for that purpose. You know, the way the patio flows and the way you can walk into the backyard and use the backyard. So if you like to entertain, design that way. If it's just going to be you and your little schnauzer, maybe it doesn't matter that you need walkways and big patios. So think about how you're going to use it. Are your pets going to be out there? Your kids, grandkids? Uh, Do you have a lot of wildlife you want to bring into your yard and keep it open? So think about how you want your yard to work for you. Um, Also think about themes. Do you want a lot of good smells? Do you want things that have a lot of fragrance to them? Are you out there enjoying that? Or you don't care, but you're inside looking out and you want to see a lot of color. Maybe you want to see certain color. Maybe you love reds or purples. Uh, So think about those kind of things and how you're going to use that. And then also make your plants work for you. So if you're in an area where it is windy, maybe you need some plants that are going to block that wind somewhat so that you're not getting blown off the ridge every time you're out in your yard. Because maybe you want some big screen trees, some big Austrian pines or spruce out there to help cut that. It make a big difference in how you enjoy your yard. Shade trees, just mm-hmm. being out there in the... We enjoy our front yard. It's a big patio. It's a, it's a courtyard. Mm-hmm. And we put big trees and some screening plants just to have more... And we've designed it so at the end of the day when we come home, we go in the front yard. Yeah. And it's just so pleasant because we've designed the trees. You just want to be there. It's just mm-hmm. so pleasant. Herb lawns and, and just it's just beautiful. Yeah. And the other thing we did is we put up a little, it's not a huge wall, but a little what, four foot high wall between yeah. us and our neighbor's front yard. Uh, and we have a fountain in front of it and trees kind of behind it. So it kind of gave us a little bit more privacy. We were kind of going for that secret garden look. Um, so we designed it specifically that way, putting Spartan junipers in our raised uh, beds to give us privacy from the street. We, the wall isn't even on our property line. It's way far in, mm-hmm. and it doesn't enclose anything. It's just stubbed up. So it draws the eye forward, so it features at the end of this patio. It is a water feature where mm-hmm. the birds, the hummingbirds, and everything is drawn to this, surrounded by jasmines, and it's just wonderful. So you just watch the wildlife come alive. Uh, interesting, the, the fountain's on a timer. Yeah. And so you'll watch the birds know <laughs> yeah. when the timer comes. Oh, they're stacked up, waiting uh-huh. for the water to start. I should probably turn it on sooner just so they got something to look at anyway (laughs) it's been designed to to enjoy that way definitely also you can use the style of your home to help you determine the type of landscape that you want so if you have a very formal victorian type home 
that's going to be completely different than if you have a very southwestern or Spanish type home, or maybe you have a country style home. That can help you determine the style of landscaping that you want to put in. Yeah, cabins, lots of cabins here. Just there are different styles. I would say that's when take a picture. The mm-hmm. camera phones are so great. They are. You can take a picture. We can instantly look at shadowing. We're not just looking at the picture of your trim on your house. Mm-hmm. We're looking at shadowing. Uh, what else is growing there? What that provides a companion plant. Good, good choices. Yeah. Another thing to think about is the future. So uh, certain plants get certain sizes. Some grow a lot slower. So if you need a plant to fill a five foot space, but you buy a one foot Alberta spruce, it's going to take a long time <laughs> to fill that space. So think about where you need to fill it and your time frame. Great ideas. And come talk to Lisa, the crew. We've got a lot of des- designers here at Waters, at least, that can help you figure out what's right for your backyard or front yard. Ken, Lisa Lane, and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. High waters with the plants of the week and our local chase tree. Fragrant lilac blooms cover this tree that can also be pruned into a tall bush and blooms all summer long. No special skills need for this bloomer. Easy to grow, heat-loving, low-water user, and disease-free. These are really nice bushes for $39. We also have very tall trees in bloom for an impressive $120. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love local blooming trees, they love to shop. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our little Janie Gara. Little Janie is a charmer with flowers that float above this 15-inch plant. The fluorescent pink flowers will wow the hummingbirds with Janie's charm as well. Hummingbirds throughout the neighborhood will visit your plants. They're just so popular and only $14. She thrives in hot, dry gardens and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love their native plants to be beautiful and hassle-free, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. I had mentioned uh, that I would I would mention the top shrubs, easiest to grow shrubs. Just I mean, some of these you really don't even have to put on a drip system. You could walk, get them established by hand and just let them go. These are native, very tough. Uh, the animals typically don't eat them. If you put them on a drip system and c- treat them with any care at all, they will grow really fast and fill in quickly for you. But these are kind of the ones that I use in my own backyard. So at our house, the backyard, which is the largest area, it's, it's fenced in. The dogs can roam around. It's mainly for them and to entertain. So we've got big roaming patios, hot tubs, and grills. It's made fire pits. It's made to entertain. But the landscape, the plant piece, is very low maintenance. I mean, I have to li- I have to empty the skimmer out to the pond once a week, but that's it. Pretty much, it goes by itself. And so, these plants I want to be very, very tough, and I want it. To, I, I, I blended it into the native landscape that was already there: the ceanothus, the cliff rose, the junipers, these the oaks that were already naturally there. I took that, cleaned it up, and then added to it. So it's got that feel to it, you know, manzanitas, that kind of stuff. And so for me, uh, 
The shrub piece of things. If you want more shrubs like that that fit right in, I seem to always, just one of my personal favorites, it's called Ellie Agnes, like thinking the name Ellie and then Agnes, those two together, or, or silver, Silverberry is the other name that it goes by. It's a beautiful evergreen, gets up to about head high. It natively has a blue leaf on it. It's a large leaf, bigger than a golf ball, and it's just covered, a nice, nice thick hedge. But there's a new variety out called Gilded Edge. It's gold color. It's beautiful. The, the inside of the leaf is blue. Then they put this gold uh, variegation to it, and it is stunning. If you need some evergreen uh, type of shrubs, again, I, I put these in the ground. I put them on a drip system until they get up to size, and then I, I take them off of all care. I don't water them again. They are truly native. They adapt that well. They grip about head high, about an arm's width wide, and they're, they're great at covering up utility boxes, that ugly, softening up that you know, prison you know, cinder block fence that looks so you know, eastern block kind of feel. You just want to soften that up, make it feel more garden-esque. That is a great one to go with. If you want something bigger and you're right in the forest where deer and rabbit and javelina rain, uh, try Ketoniaster. Or red clusterberry cotoneaster. This is a large tree, not tree, shrub. It could be a short tree, large shrub. 10 foot tall, 10 foot wide, thick as can be. You cannot get through this thing. Great for privacy screens, wind blocks. Uh, if, you, if you've got a new hot tub, you want to make your neighbors disappear while they look, you know, eat dinner looking down on your new hot tub, that's, that's a great one. It's evergreen, has pretty white flowers. And then it just gets thick to it and very robust. It's got a big, thick, leathery leaf to it that just makes it really tough. Of course, probably our most famous of all of the spring-blooming type of plants, lilacs. Lilacs are much, they're so deep-rooted that they, they become very tough. Uh, so I'd say lilac and silverberry. There's a two. Nat- Silverberry is kind of a native kind of plant, and, and lilacs act almost like it. And they both bloom in the spring. One has a fragrant white flower. One is a fragrant. Well, lilacs have a lot of colors. But mainly we remember purple, that common lilac purple. Great big flower pods. Uh, just really robust type of plant. Uh, and then again, Animals. They don't bother those. I mean, deer can eat on lilac a little bit, but then they keep grazing and move on. They don't nibble them right to the ground like like some other things. The other one that seems to be popular with my West Coast folks, California, Oregon, those folks, Nandina or Heavenly Bamboo. It's a nice evergreen. It, it can be some high maintenance if you get the big one. There's some new varieties out that are dwarfed. So they, I mean, you plant them, they get established. I mean, they're just never prune them. So Gulf Stream, uh, there, there's quite, I've got three or four varieties, Plum Passion. There's, there's a lot of them. If it's got a name to it, and then Nandina. So Plum Passion, Nandina, Gulf Stream, Nandina. That's probably the newer introductions, and they've been dwarfed so that all the maintenance is taken away. Nandina by itself, if left go, the, the regular domestica, it can get easily six, eight, ten feet tall. It can go to the eave and then go keep going. Uh, but it's got a central leader, kind of like a kind of like a bamboo, thus the name Heavenly Bamboo often. So but but Nandina is how you're really gonna look that up or research it, or you're gonna see it at the garden centers. The nice thing about about Nandina, it's evergreen. 
only it transitions from green to real pretty fall color. So usually about December through April, uh, May, somewhere in there, it's got this beautiful red to purple color to it. Uh, the Plum Passion. They named that one because it's got this robust purple color to it in the winter. It keeps its foliage, and that foliage will actually turn green again next May as it flushes new growth. has a very pretty white flower with red berry clusters on it. So Lisa and I, we use those on either side of the driveway in big pots. We just want something evergreen, soft. I mean, it's so soft, you just want to hug it. And why animals don't eat Nandina, I don't know. It looks soft. It's got to be the sap or something in there they don't like. They don't like the taste, but they do not bother it. And then some of your true, true hardcore natives. Um, I, I've got quite a few bear grass, like bear, like, like deers and bear. Bear grass. It's famous out in the valley area. So Paulden, uh, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, they just grow wild. And they're an evergreen type of grass-looking plant. It gets up about four feet high with a white flower on it in summer. Very robust. And again, animals don't eat it. Plant it. In fact, if you're going to kill that one, it'll be from overwatering. So plant it and, and treat it with neglect. It'll probably thrive. Uh, the other one that's like that is a patchy plume. You're seeing all around, if you take walks out in the forest anywhere, uh, you'll see this shrub about four feet tall and round. It's got white flowers on it, about the size of a quarter, and then it's got these silky tassels to it. And so it's covered in white flowers and these, these kind of silver tassels. That is a patchy plume. It's a famous local native plant, and you can buy them at your garden center, plant one wherever you want in your own yard. It's very robust. Again, usually with those, they're so fast growing. I'll, I'll put it on my drip system for a year, and then I cut it off and block it, and I never water it again. And it just does this white flower plume thing all summer long through fall. It's a great little plant. Bear grass, which, oh, the native grass that's looking so good right now is deer grass or muley grass. Deer, like bears and deers, deer grass. Uh, they've got a, a pink plume to it. They get about knee high maybe a little bit taller than knee-high with the plumes on it, but very robust, very tough, uh, really good local grass that you can plant that just looks good. You're not going to mow this at all. You're going to treat it like a shrub or a tree, water it once a, once a week maybe, and it just looks it looks like a rock star. looks great in a, in a, if you've got that courtyard, you want it in a nice bowl or, or a pot in the courtyard. Boy. That is just a pretty grass to have there shine, just to greet your guest. Or every time you come home going, I'm so glad you're here. Let me plume some, some more for you. Just really pretty as the sunsets go through those plumes. It's really pretty and very, very easy care. And let's see if i got enough time for, uh, let's see, yuccas, agaves. So if we skip down to some sexy kind of, kind of blooming things. For me, uh, echinacea, gallardia, salvia, Jupiter's beard and sedum. I've got all of those in the backyard and they naturalize and become wildflowers, literally. So Jupiter's beard or Ceanothus is a knee-high perennial. These are all perennials. They come back every year, but they just seed and come back and they kind of flow through the yard. Echinaceas right now, it's got a flower about four or five inches across and butterflies just think they've, they've died and gone to heaven. And this is the time when they bloom and this is the time when you want to plant them so they'll, they'll do better for you. Uh, Gallardia 
is one we put in hydro mulch all the time just to revegetate areas. It's a low growing, maybe a foot tall, just covered in flowers from April through Thanksgiving. It's amazing. Anytime you hear the word salvia or sage, you know you've got a good plant. Animals are not going to eat them. They're going to take the sun and just bloom for you and come back year after year. And that's my suggestions for really tough. This is one that's worth coming in, taking a tour of the garden center, have someone walk you through and show you all of these. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our tiger eye sumac. You can't kill this native plant, and it's so fancy. Chartreuse foliage quickly develops into lacy yellow leaves, which contrast nicely with the posy pink stems. All this turns the color of orange peels through autumn. A dramatic focal point when planted as an accent at the edge of ponds and dry creek beds, all for just $39. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love fancy native plants love to shop. Hi, Kenneth Waters with our Monster Monsoon Sale, our only sale of the year. Truckloads of fresh autumn maple, aspen, and spruce have just arrived, and we need room, so summer plants must go. Perennials, trees, shrubs, even pottery must go, and it's worth your while with plant sales at 25, 45, even 65% off. It's Waters' only sale of the year at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love great plants at sale prices, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So some of our best garden classes are coming up now. This is this really gets good. We are in the thick of the growing season where you, your success rate just, just does really well. One thing to watch uh, if we do happen to get some more rain during the monsoon, and we will, we'll get some more, never trust a monsoon rain. Always water them as though it didn't rain, unless it's just a gully washer. But it usually comes down so fast, it flushes off, and plants really don't get hydrated very well. This really goes for your evergreens, your junipers and cypress and cedars and spruce and pine. The, uh, the evergreen foliage tends to act almost like an umbrella. So the roots, if you've got a new plant and the roots aren't out there far enough yet, it, it'll almost, you, you'll just have to water those things. So I would say about once a week, give it a deep soak and that's good. Whatever you do for evergreens, especially, don't overwater them by watering every day. They'll hate that. Your evergreens, especially the natives I'd mentioned in the previous section, uh, they have to breathe they must have air in all those. If you fill all those air pockets in the soil up with water, uh, they're going to drown. They have to have some air in there to breathe in between the water cycles. And that's the secret to great fall planting. And I would say water it right through winter. I mean, not, not once a week, but a couple times a month in January. Give it a deep soak and you'll find your plants come through much stronger. And they'll be set for a tremendous growth next spring. I mean, you'll see a, a spruce tree long 18 inches just because it's rooted out now and it's filling in. Your, your pine trees will, will grow 24 inches. Good Austrian pine, they're a fast-growing pine tree. They'll, they'll do better by planting now, keeping them moist through winter, and then watch them just take off. 
next spring. Uh, right now, we've got coming up garden classes. So this week, it was on herb gardens. Anyway, herb gardens this week. Next week, the 31st, the edible landscape. How to, how to use local trees and berries to have a great harvest. We'll go over which varieties do best and why. Companion plants, which ones need them, which ones don't. On September 7, wildlife and bugs. How to garden with the deer, a javelina. What bugs to look for, grasshoppers and blister beetles and aphids. and We'll just go over all of that and how to keep your plants healthy. And then the 14th seems to be a popular one, succulents. And I'm sure we'll include cacti with that. So succulents and cactus, how do you work with them? How do you design with them? Because if you're from the Midwest, you've never really worked with succulents, and really designed your landscape with those. We're going deep into that. And then, because so many evergreens are coming into the garden center right now, uh, how the top 10 evergreens for mountain landscapes. We'll go from spruce and pine to junipers and cypress and cedars, and which ones are best and why and how to plant them, uh, Just and, and goes on and on. Take a look at watersgardencenter.com. You can see the entire list. Right towards the top, there's one that just says garden classes. Click it, and there you go. If you missed the show... Uh, the podcast is at watersgardencenter.com. We actually rebroadcast that on our website. You'll just see a podcast button at the top. Just hit that and boom, you can get last week's show. And uh, so you can get it on the fly if you missed it here or you want to go back and listen to it again going, what do you say? What was that plant? Oh, I got my notepad now. I want to I wanna know what that list of top shrubs are for local landscapes. Check the podcast out. It's there to be a resource so that you can become a better gardener. And then, of course, Lisa and I, we camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love helping fans, friends, family. Uh, We're just all in this thing together, and it's gardening. What a great thing. We want you to be successful, have a great garden in your own backyard. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Until next week, enjoy. Hi, I'm Ken with the Plants of the Week and our plumtastic muley grass. Glittering clouds of vivid purple plumes emerge in late summer and persist through the end of the year. It's a natural and showing off all its glory right now at the Garden Center. A superb hillside plant, especially when situated so that the plumtastic flowers are backlit by the Arizona sunset, all for just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love plumtastic grass, they love to shop. Hi, Lisa with the finds of the week and our Forester Feathergrass. Dramatic bronze flower spikes start blooming in early summer and don't stop until well into next year. The flowers are so light and airy it's often referred to as feathergrass. Growing to just hip high, this dainty grass shows off enough to make a designer statement without being invasive. All for under $30. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love really pretty grass, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.